we go, episode 243 of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. Thrilled you're listening, always thankful. You've got 89 billion podcasts at last count, and whether it's the algorithm or whether it's your own instinct, intuition, inspiration, you are here listening to today's episode, and you're in store for a wonderful, stimulating conversation, a fun conversation with my friend from high school, it's probably his third or fourth time on the show, Matt Derry. He's uh, based out of Detroit, Michigan. His resume currently includes host of the Locked On Lines podcast, the Pistons pod, also the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. So he's got his hands on three podcasts right now. He's also the marketing and business development director at Financial Architects and Q5 Experience. I say all of that because I don't know if we talk about any of those areas on this episode. Um, you know, one of, one of my, before you listen to the podcast, really brief intro here. One thing that I always like in a podcast is somebody who sort of totes that line between asking questions, but also allowing the podcast to flow and sort of expand and meander, well, not necessarily meander, but ebb and flow. I don't feel like we uh, we ever meandered, but ebb it ebbs and flows in a natural um, momentum. Gosh, I really didn't have any idea what the heck we were going to talk about, but we do talk about getting older. We talk about allowing the empty space to take over. Like I was watching the Jets. Um, who the heck did the Jets play last night? I'm testing my memory. They played the Bills last night. What Matt and I talked about actually comes up in the football game that I watched last night. The, at, the, at the end of the game, uh, the Jets runner, I, of course, I, I, I sound like I'm completely ignorant when it comes to football, but I don't watch football that often. But the Jets uh, player runs the ball all the way back for the game-winning touchdown. And Joe Buck doesn't say a word. He just allows the crowd to envelop, the, the, he allows the emotionality of the crowd to uh, enrapture us in that moment. And so we talk about being quiet. We talk about, obviously, sports. We talk about LeBron James. We talk about getting older. And we talk about um, sort of a carpe diem attitude. What are we living for right now? So thing I love about Matt, beyond the fact that we've been friends for over 30 years, uh, he never holds back. He went to college and studied communication. So you can tell uh, in our conversation that he's very comfortable in front of the mic. I apologize. The first very few moments, he comes in hot. If you major in communications, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I level out the levels, and I think it's a great chat. So you can find Matt on Twitter. Twitter is his home where he lives uh, on social media. You can find him on Twitter at Dairy Speaks. He's, of course, on Instagram at Matt Dairy. But again, he's the host of the Locked On Lions podcast, the Pistons pod, the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast podcast. So you can listen You can listen to him, you know, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, go check him out on those uh, various podcasts that he hosts. That's it. You know where to find me on social at, the, uh, at Eddie Cohn or the Spiritual Spiral podcast. 
I've had a bunch of new listeners from Russia and Ireland the last few weeks. No idea how you've discovered this podcast, but please reach out. Say hi. Let me know how you discovered the show. I'd love to hear from you. Any questions, reach out. I've got a few other great guests lined up. I've actually already spoken to them, so I'll be editing those podcasts in the next few weeks. Matt, as always, man, it's great to see you, great to talk to you. Whether it's been a week or a year since I've seen you, it's just always easy to get on the phone, or in this case, get on Zoom and talk to you. So I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me. And as always, thanks to you for listening, supporting, being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Nice to see you. You too, buddy. Yeah, man. What's happening? You know, I was, I was, uh, well, a lot's happening. I, I, um, one of my pet peeves with, you probably noticed with, with podcasts is I can't stand when people just like shoot the shit for 20 minutes and then they get into the nitty gritty. So whenever you're, uh, yeah, they're not, this isn't recording right now, right? Yeah, we are. We're already recording. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we, <laughs> no, but I can delete stuff. I did, but yeah, that's why like, I like when you do an intro and let's and we start like not you know this yeah. is this is a little awkward. Well, but actually, <laughs> let me. But this sort of brings up a point up to uh, something that I was thinking about with with yeah. you coming on. You've you've done a lot of live telecasts and a lot of live radio, and yes. you know I podcast. But it is it is interesting to me, like, yeah, in the back of my mind, I know there's an intentionally, I, I will probably post this part, it, it, you know, and, and I may ultimately edit it. it, you know, I'll take out if I say, uh, or, you know, or something, you know, I may take yeah. those out. But th- I feel like the art of, of like, being live. I don't know if, you know, I can go live on Instagram right now, you know, but there is something to be, right. you know, what, what there's, there's a more there. Yes. There's a genuineness to it. As long as you let people know they're on and it's recording and it's on. Yeah. You know, you can't like, if I was starting to swear or sure. not that swearing is, you know, abnormal or anything, but right. like you're missing, you are actually missing my point because I wanted to compliment you and sort of direct it at you. Yes, there is what there is something to be said about going live professionally. Not yes. like anybody can go live on social media, but to have those chops where you actually have the chops to go live professionally, I think takes a certain what what is that? I just think it's repet. No, it's definitely repetitions, and you know, like you said, like some people just freeze on right. camera or it's hard sometimes, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. You're right. I mean, I remember, I like, um, oh gosh, I, I don't want to, uh, all right, I got to phrase this the right way. I've been around play-by-play guys that end of a huge game and they're sitting here all of a sudden, here it comes, three, two, one, and they're like, what a great win. For the Phoenix Suns, the Suns are the world champions. And I'm like, you're fucking reading that? Like, yeah. you wrote out, you scripted your ending? Like, come on, man. It drives me crazy. Like, yeah. you can tell. It's like, no, no, no. Like, when Jack Buck said, when Kirby Puckett hit the home run 
in whatever World Series that was against the Braves, 87. Yeah. And he went, the ball's flying over the fence. And he goes, and we'll see you tomorrow night. That was awesome. You know, like it wasn't like, uh, and the Twins have done it. They have tied the series <laughs> and we will see you tomorrow night for game seven. No, put your script down, you yeah. know? Well, there is, I forget, I think his last name's Buck, the, the younger, the son. Joe Buck. Yeah. I know he's very polarizing. I he actually, is. I happen to think he's fantastic. And I, I've always thought Joe Buck was good. Yeah, I've never understood people that don't like him. Oh God, people! There's a lot of people that hate. him. I know. I don't get it. But I don't get it either. There is here's again. This is sort of. Um, there is an art to knowing when to not talk. Yes, and I think that. Oh yeah. I don't know how do you. How do you learn that? And also sort of to present day, is that something that you think people are forgetting the, the value of, you know, just hearing the crowd noise or in a conversation, yep. not talking about yourself? I mean, is that something that, that you learned or became aware of? And is it something you even think about now? Yeah, I know. I, I do. I yeah. mean, I haven't called a game in a while. I did a, did a couple of G League games here in Detroit last year. Um, but other than that, but you're right. Sometimes laying out is the best thing. When Kirk Gibson hit that homer in 88 and Vin Scully just said, she is gone, and then went a minute to a minute and a half without going silent. Yeah. Let the pictures tell the story. But these new guys now, like Gus Johnson and others, just have to all have all these one-liners and talk and talk more, and, and the color guy's talking. No, just lay out. And let's just let it, let, it, let it breathe. I'm with you on that. It's, it's, so, I, get, I feel like I, I had no idea what we were going to talk about, but I'm, I'm curious about this area because Tony Romo is so lionized and popularized and, and, and people love him, but I find him exhausting to listen to because he, yeah. won't, he won't stop talking. Yeah. No, he had a really good first year, remember? Mm -hmm. And then they gave him that giant contract. They're like, oh my gosh, this guy's revolutionizing color commentary on the NFL, on football, on, on, on Fox, uh, or on CBS, because he's calling the plays. He's saying, hey, watch this on third and nine. They're going to run here. Yeah. And you're thinking, run? No one runs on third and nine. And they run the ball and they get a first down. Everybody went, oh, my God, Romo's a genius. This is great. That wore off after the first year. Yeah. In the second year, there were whispers about, why, why is he cackling? Why is he sounding more Southern? Why is he cutting Jim Nance off? And then last year, he just... He just seemed to he seemed out of it. Like he didn't he wasn't good last year. Like it was a tough watch sometimes listening to him go, you know what, GM? And it was like, oh, shut up. But the first year he was a genius. He got 18 mil a year with a new contract. And then the last couple of years it's been it hasn't been so good. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's something that I um there's I guess there's something that I notice my cat, sorry, I won't shut up. I know a lot. It's similarly in the film world. Oppenheimer, I know, is really popular right now. I went to see it, and although it was visually, how was it? You know, it's obviously too long. It's three hours, and it's visually really well done, but it's nonstop talking. And I guess uh -huh. there is something to be said about as a writer or as a commentator. And I, I think about this a lot. There's this great show called The Bear on Hulu that just came out, which. I, I've heard of, I've heard about fan it. Fantastic. Have you watched Only Murders in the Building? No, I have not. That's phenomenal. Okay, we'll check that out next. 
And but, it's with Steve Martin. Yeah, and Martin sure. Short Martin Short. And, yeah, and, uh, and the and the main Lena singer. Gomez. Yeah. Well, yeah. my my point with with when I was watching the Bear and and as we're talking about commentators, like in the film world, how do you know what to tell people? Like when it comes to backstory, do I have to tell this person? Wait, my cat won't stop. Like, do I <laughs> do I have to do I have to write like the Jamie? Why does Jamie Lee Curtis? act this way i mean or, uh-huh. or when do you let the viewers sort of figure things out by themselves and right. again it's sort of it feels like we're, we're moving towards a culture where we need everything sort of spoon-fed for it uh, towards us and again right. sort of to my point about tony romo and sports and joe buck i i think there's that subtle sort of nuanced middle area where when does somebody know what to tell the listener and, and do you trust right. that they're going to figure it out themselves? Well, and, and I know you love this topic and so we can go here, but you know, with social media, which is, you, you know, you love talking about this ad with social media. Now all these play by play guys are like, I got to have that signature one liner. Hmm. I got to refresh my Twitter and see awful announcing or Jimmy trainer or one of these guys on Twitter say great line by <laughs> Ian Eagle or Noah Eagle or Joe Buck or whomever. When in reality, if you're doing TV and something big happens, lay out. Let the picture tell the story. You're not the story. Like, you know, like I said, I mean, I remember years ago when Gus Johnson was doing an Ohio State game and Denzel Ward smashed a guy. It was a great hit. All right. And Gus said something about, oh, I'm not invited to the barbecue. Shame on you. And everybody went, greatest line ever, Gus barbecue. There were people watching the game that went with a hit like that. You probably didn't even need to say anything. You saw now. If you're doing radio, you've got to describe. Yes. Far side pass. Oh, broken up by Ward. What a hit! You could th- throw something in there, but for TV, especially now, you're right. Sometimes just lay out, let it go. If the crowd's going nuts or a guy's running down the sideline for a game-winning score, say touchdown and then be done. Let it let it breathe. But everybody now has got, hey, I'm going to have my one-liners and I'm going to be famous and I, I, I want to be recognized on awful announcing or or SI and the media podcasts or Richard Deitch or whoever these, you know, guys that write, you know, Marshawn and the New York post is awesome as a, a media writer, but is it about calling the game and doing getting it right and, and having a good call? Or is it about getting your, you know, I'm going to be on the, you know, I'm going to get my name on Twitter. Who cares? Yeah. Do you miss uh, last little area here? Do you miss being a little quote unquote live or you are live like post game for some, shows aren't uh, you well like i filled in i did the midday show on the fan in cleveland yesterday two, right. on wednesday i just did i did four hours filling in but that's a long uh, space to that's a long amount of time to to be live and it is but like not first of all 92.3 the fan in cleveland's great it's a really good station it's been around now 12 years i've been filling in since 2016 i don't want my own show i don't want to go home i don't i mean andy the pd the program director there has asked me numerous times like hey you may have an opening. You want to come back? I'm like, no, just keep calling me when you need me to fill in. Yeah. But the station sells, which means we have commercials. So from 10, you know, if you're doing, say I did 10 to 2 the other day, we were on the air from 10.01 when the open fired to, because you got a sports update at 10. 10.01.30, the show open starts. Now at 10.02, you really start talking. Then you go to commercial on at either 15 or 16, because you've got four minutes of commercials. Then a 10.20 sports update. Right. Okay. So then you think, oh, four hours, that's hard. It's not really four. It's, it's more probably like, like an hour and a half. You know, 14 minutes, five minutes of commercials. Another 15 minutes, four minutes of commercials. So 
if you're at a station or you're somewhere where there's commercials, it's uh, it's okay. Like the show I do every day, the Lockdown Lions podcast, talking about the Detroit Lions on a very good network called the Lockdown Podcast Network. They've got all the teams out there for you, Lockdown Dodgers, Lockdown Lakers, Clippers. There's a Cavs guy, a Guardians guy, a Browns guy for us Clevelanders. But for me, I have to. I have commercials at the beginning. I have a live read at like the 10-minute mark. So I could get a little bit of a respite and go, hey, I want to tell you today about LinkedIn jobs. I do a little read. I actually have it right here. Yeah. And then uh, I can pause because then we have to put another commercial in that's a recorded spot. So even with podcasts, you can take a little bit of a break. It's not too bad. Yeah. Um, what's your What's your story? What are you What are you hopped up on right now? What's got Eddie going? There's well, always something that's got you going. So you you mentioned my uh, trip, and yeah. it, it was fantastic. This has been. I'm going to try and focus. Figure out how to focus this. So, were you in Iceland? Where were you? You were somewhere Alaska. Cold. I was in Alaska. Alaska. Yeah. Right. I knew but, it was one. Of but them. I want to go to Iceland. Like I think in the next two three years we're going to go to Iceland. Um. You asked me what, so I'm going to try and figure out how to articulate this. So you asked me what's going on. It's it's more of a um, spiritual, existential thought that I've been really thinking a lot about the last couple of years. And I think it's because we turned 50 this year. I and, know. And and it's interesting. We're old, we're old brother. Well, here's the, well, here's the, I'm going to compliment you. Um, you look very young. And oh, thank you. people, and I, I think actually you should go without the beard because it, I think it takes like, I think it takes. <laughs> That's what I'm actually going home for a wedding on Sunday at, yeah. uh, at uh, our old stomping grounds on Shaker Boulevard, the Silver's Temple, the temple. Okay. And uh, which you remember. Yeah. And uh, I, I know my mom's going to make a comment like, I'm just so glad that you don't have the beard anymore. Well, it's weird. I like beards. I have a, a little beard, but I actually think it takes like five years of uh, age off of you. you. You look younger. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Well, and my people don't realize how old I am, and I, I think it's. Uh, you think do people think you're older because I mean no, you've been people, shaving your pe- head for years. People right? think I'm younger. And oh, I, they do. Oh yeah, because you know I'm I'm thin and I'm in good shape, and I, I think I have yeah. a pretty youthful uh, disposition and 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 demeanor, and and I think when I think about like, I don't know when I see people our age, it. And actually, you have kids, and you still look youthful. Because the point, <laughs> no, because a lot of Thank people, you. a lot of people our age that have kids, like my excuse is, well, I don't have kids, so I'm, I should be, you know, thin, right. youthful, because yeah. I don't have anything to take me away from taking care of myself. But you actually look really youthful, and 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 even have kids. So how, how'd you pull that off? How'd you? Pull- <laughs> <laughs> I, the last year, I actually have been working out and okay. actually exercising. Well, it shows. Never- there you go. Never really done. I mean, you and I go back to, you know, the 80s together, and then we graduated in 91. I mean, I remember when I was playing varsity tennis with, yeah. you know, our old buddies, Evan and Evan Steve, and guys. And, yeah. And uh, when we had to do, like, the workouts and you had to fill them out, I always just filled them out. I never did the workouts. I lied. Interesting. I'd fill, you I'd lied about out, your oh, yeah, workouts. 30 push-ups, did them. Weightlifting, <laughs> sure. Did the program. I never did any of it. That's great. I just didn't like it. Yeah. But Reese, about a year ago, my wife and I both were like, this is, we're not, we need to be healthier. We need to be eating healthy. Let's join this gym, yeah. Edge Fitness by us. And uh, so, I mean, yeah. you've always been, you've always worked I've out, I've always right? been, yeah. And I guess my, my finally. And you my, had to, you had to because of your. Because of illnesses. Yeah. When I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't able to work out then. Like I was, I was too ill and sickly. It wasn't until like my probably mid to late twenties where I really 
figured out what I needed to do to stay healthy and, and eat yeah. much better. I mean, it's become a way of life. I guess there's a quote from a Tom Petty song, and I, it's sort of become my mantra over the last two years. Uh, Most things I worry about never happen anyway. Uh, yeah. Do you think that we can change? And and let me dive a little deeper here. I've I've had anxiety issues for most of, for a pretty big portion of my life, uh, but I think I've realized I'm done worrying. Like I, it's it's exhausting and it's a waste of fucking time. And yeah. I think. Do we can we change? Can do we have the ability to not be that person that we were for forty five years or twenty? And I'm I'm starting like I went zip lining and whitewater rafting and I I, I went on a boat for nine hours in Alaska, which I was certainly worried about. Like God, am I going to get food poisoning or seasick? And they're not going to turn right. a, they're not going to turn the boat around for me when there's a hundred people on the boat. And I think I realized I'm just tired of fucking worrying about stuff. And just, I'm ready to just spend the rest of my life traveling and enjoying myself as much as I can. Well, I think that, I mean, as long as you're able to pay your mortgage, sure. make sure your power's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it obviously is because it looks like you're at your home yeah. uh, office yeah. there, as am I. Um, but you're right. I mean, I've had this kind of epiphany as well. I was always worried about, all right, I mean, I got divorced in 06. I've been paying child support for 17 years. I've made sure my kids have a college fund. My son is a senior now uh, so in college. So my two years, I did my part. Um, my daughter will be going to school hopefully next year. We'll see. My stepson was in college for a little while. So it's like those are things you worry about. But you're right, Eddie, like, I think my wife brought up the other day about, can we take one more trip next year? Uh, she wanted to go to, we were just talking about it, Santa Fe mm -hmm. with some friends of, of both of ours. And uh, and I'm with you. Like, let's, let's fucking do this. Why not? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's only money. And if we don't, if you can't pay for it, you can't go. All right. I don't know if you watched BS High on on HBO Max. No. You got to watch this. Okay. About this fake high school where the coach basically started, a, and it was real life. He started this Bishop Sycamore High School, and it wasn't a real school, and he got these kids to play football, and they end up playing IMG. They lose 57 nothing, but he stole money and, he, and all that. You have to have money to do these things, but if you have sure. it and you don't worry about it and – I, I even I but I used to say to her let's let's budget it let's take a look let's see about time we will have the kids that weekend whatever and I'm like you know what we're going Santa Fe never been to New Mexico and I've been pretty much in every state I don't think I've been in that one yeah and I went let's go I'm with you on that when I saw like I saw the pictures of, of you and your girlfriend guy you guys look like you're on a great time we and really right. are leaving the worries behind man oh good stuff I'm with I'm a hundred percent with you on this like. And I'm sure you had travel anxiety and travel angst getting on these planes and the airlines. But I was around last trip we took, um, we took my daughter to uh, Portland, Oregon. That's another story of another day to tell you about downtown Portland. But oh God. And the, what goes on there. Yeah. Great city, except for the crackheads. Uh, but uh, <laughs> like, you know, at the airport, everybody is just so uptight and anxious and angry. And it's like, oh my God, people are just wound up. And it's like, 
Yeah. If they're traveling or going something cool, shouldn't you be feeling relaxed? And it's just... Well, and, I'm, you know... you go to Santa Fe and have a good time. You talk about, you know, you say that I have an interest in social media, and I, I do because uh, I think that angst and anxiety is because even on vacations, people take those devices with them wherever they right. go. And I specifically have a rule to not post any photos on social media while I'm on vacation. While you're on the trip. You did them all at the end. You did as soon as I get home, I, I'm happy to share and enjoy sharing, and I, I love the... the the camera on my phone. I love taking photos of, of wherever I am. But when you actually post and look and it, it just like it, it turns your brain back to that sort of frenetic uh, runaway train pace where you're not relaxed, at least for me, I'm not relaxed. If I'm looking, yeah. if I'm looking at all that stuff while I'm away, what's the point of going on vacation? Um, so I, to your point, real, real talk. Yeah. I'm at this restaurant a couple of weeks ago with my wife yeah. and, uh, this these three young women, probably in their, I would say, 21, 2019, whatever. Eddie, they took a thousand pictures at the table. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I, I heard one of them say, well, the food's a little cold. And what I wanted to say, and I was just, uh, I was just, you know, eavesdropping. I wanted to say, yeah, of course the food's cold because you're not fucking eating because you're taking a thousand pictures. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Can we just, can you take one, maybe a quick selfie of the three of us sitting around the table? Maybe It was like a photo shoot. Yeah. And I was like, is. at the table, right. Everything, you know, everything. You and, yeah. You and your girlfriend are at, are, uh, you know, in Alaska and you want to take some great shots, but then you're going to stop, go to your Instagram. Am I going to put it on my story? Am I going to make it a regular yep, post? Make it a my, thing. What's my caption? I got to tag Eddie. I got to tag her. Oh my God. Can you wait and do that later? Yeah. That's, that's my, like, <laughs> I, I don't, you know, people could judge me. Oh, well you shouldn't, you shouldn't even have your camera out while you're looking at a, at a glacier. I'm like, look, I'm have my camera out my phone because I want to take pictures and the camera on my phone is much better than the, any other camera I have. And I'm right, not going to, right. but you're right. Like that's, that's the rabbit hole. Like if you start posting while you're away, then it's who do I tag? Am I adding this? Am I adding this? You know, it, and that's where the brain starts to spiral, and you're not in the moment anymore. And that's something that I, you know, I I just really believe in. I think even when I'm at the airport, uh, and I look around at everybody with their head down, nobody's talking yep. to one another. No talking. It, it's, no. it's 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 certainly eye opening and and a bit tragic when I look around and see because. Part of the joy, like when we were zip lining, you couldn't have your camera or phone out because you wanted to make sure that you don't die. And when, and, and when you're right. when you're up in Alaska in the middle of nowhere where there's no cell service, you have to actually engage and talk to one another. And I got to say, most of the joy or a lot of the joy for me on those experiences is actually engaging with other people. Yeah, it's kind of, you're right. Actually having a conversation, you know? I mean, my favorite is when people are at the table at dinner at a restaurant texting with the other people at the table. <laughs> Why don't you talk to them? They are right over across yeah. from you. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, you know? I mean, I, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, yeah, I I feel, knock on wood, better than ever. We're, we're like... Uh, my lady and I are sort of at this this spiritual and physical high where everything is feeling good. And I don't 
it's, it's weird. I don't think about my age, and a lot of our friends are younger than us, but there is something about that number where, where it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I've maybe lived half of my life. I mean, do you, did you feel any sort of uh, wake-up call or, or any anything shift? I know you talked about New Mexico, but anything that's really shifted at all, or is it just like another another day, another year, and there you go? Uh- no, it was it was it was good. I mean, it, uh, turning fifty was pretty was pretty cool. I mean, you know, we ended up having a little bit of a, a gathering and get together. Some friends um, had some that came in from out of town uh, to celebrate, which was good. It was fun. It was good to see some people. Um, my brother came in from Cleveland. I think you remember my buddy Jeremy. He was he came in, but it didn't hit me until so we go the next weekend to Progressive Field home of your mom's favorite team, the Cleveland Guardians, sure. and uh, get a suite. My brother did this. It was kind of more of a family thing. My kids were there. Um, my mom was there. And you get there, and and my brother wanted, was trying to set it up for me to throw out the first pitch. Oh, wow. And it didn't end up happening. So instead, what the Guardians did was they gave us passes to go on the field for batting practice. So whatever. So as I'm walking to the stadium, they stop me. They're like, we need to see your ID and all this. And I gave it to him. And then he's like, fill out this quick form because – you know, if you get hit by a line drive or something or a foul ball goes through the, the netting of the batting cage and hits me in the head, I can't sue the team. I get it. <laughs> Fill, you know, it takes two seconds. Put your sure. name on it, your signature. And Eddie, it was like name. And normally it says DOB, date of birth. You just put 524.73. It said age. So when I had to do that five and five oh, I'm like, holy shit. Like yeah. I really, I had to write down 50. Right. That is when it hit me. As weird as that sounds, <laughs> that's really the only time I haven't felt old since. It was just that one time where I went, "Oh my God, 50. I had to write fifty down. Yeah. My brother's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "I just need a second. It just hit me that I'm 50. He's like, "Oh yeah, they you, they made you put the age down," and he's 47, so it yeah. was pretty funny. Yeah. What about you? What about me? What? 50. Well, I mean, I I think I've uh, sorry. I sounded like an asshole there for <laughs> no. <laughs> like, what about me? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think um, I – a friend of mine told me she's 54, and she said, you know, when I turn 50, I realize that I may only have another 30 summers left. Mm. So I make sure to travel uh, every summer because, you know, I may not have many of them left. And that's I great. think that's a good way of putting it. I think, and I look at my parents, and and they they certainly have their share of health stuff. And and again, I I don't want this to sound uh, too like tin foil or anything, but I I think if you're only relying on the medical field to to enhance your health like like only going to doctors if if you're not taking a little bit more initiative and and really looking at the foods that you eat really considering going to acupuncturists and massage therapists and and not just resorting to pills to uh to stabilize your health like if you're a diabetic i think our culture now is really lazy and if you get a di- yeah. if you get a diabetes diagnosis i do think look I'm generalizing here. I realize that it's not easy for people to spend two hours a day uh, exercising. I realize that it's a lot more expensive to buy a packet of strawberries than it is to buy Big Macs at McDonald's if you have a family of four. But sure. we live in a culture now where it's exceedingly lazy. 
Uh, it's easy to just pop pills. Uh, yeah. It's expensive to live in this world, so you have to keep a job. I guess my point here is is that uh, I am really embracing living a healthy lifestyle as much as I can because I want the next 40. I mean, I, I want to hit 90 and or 100, but I want those 40 years to be fulfilling. I want to be able to, you know, travel and, and still walk and hike and, and live an active lifestyle. And I really think the decisions that one makes in their 40s and 50s really takes a, um, really plays a role in how you are in, when you're in your 70s or 80s. So those, that's what I, I'm not, I didn't like be, get into this dark cloud when I turned 50, but it certainly just reemphasized living right. every day and being as healthy as possible. I agree. Long I mean, answer, it, I know. No, I think you made a great point. And uh, our parents' generation, I don't know if they're lazy. I just don't think they know that everything is in front of them on motherfucking Google and YouTube. Like, yeah. stop calling us and asking, how come I can't get this and this and this? <laughs> number one, you can make a phone call. There's an 800 number. But now all of these, one of their medical centers, wherever. Yeah. Uh, if com if you have a problem with Comcast, your cable's not working. Why are you calling me? <laughs> right. Go. You can call the eight 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 number, eight eight hundred number, or these chats now on these websites where they where you hit the you know you type it in and go hi Matt Dairy I'm in Macomb Michigan and my shit's not working yeah and they've got somebody on those chats answering questions for you you know how come this isn't working in my garage with my garage door opener. Type in whatever your garage door opener is, brand, into YouTube, how to fix, blah, blah, blah. And there's some video. Eddie, imagine how much better you and I would have done in school back in the day. Well, you and I were fine. But, like, yeah. I mean, you went to Pepperdine. No, I, I know. Sure. Circle. But I know what you mean. But, like, if we would have had all these resources in our – this chat GPT now? Are you kidding? Yeah. I'm glad I'm not teaching anymore. I taught for three years at a Jesuit high school here, and I loved it. But like now, I would have to proofread every speech, every outline, every paper, because these kids can type in a JAT GPT. I need a a, a, a two-page paper about a passion project that I have on, you know, hooded sweatshirts. And yeah. the paper's written for you. Well, I guess my last you hit, point. You hit enter and JAT GPT spits it out in 10 seconds. Well, I guess my last point that I'll make and then, then we'll – say our goodbyes, you're touching on something that I, I think a lot about also, and that's confidence. I think our parents' generation, um, and then even now, the world of social media, I think there's this strange, uh, interesting comparison where it makes people insecure. Like, I think our parents um, grew up in a world where it was it was difficult to to exude confidence and be comfortable with your decision making and i think social yeah. me i think social media actually has that same impact in a completely different way um, but right. i think we live in a society now that deeply lacks confidence and i'm not talking about the egomaniacal narcissistic behavior that's on social media because that's not real and i don't think people behave that way in real life. I think once you get rid of the phone and you're sort of sitting at your chair at home or sitting wherever, I think there's this this onslaught of insecurity that is happening in our culture. And, and I think to your point, 
we need to, you know, I was talking about health and you were talking about YouTube and parents. We need to have the confidence and sort of those inner voices to make us trust ourselves and make us right. feel like we're actually going to figure it out on our own. And, I and I, it's, it's somehow culturally we're creating people that don't know how to do that. No, I think you're spot on. You know, my daughter is 18 years old and, uh, you know, I'm not saying she lacks confidence. She is fantastic and she's the best and is doing so well. But you're right. Is this right? Am I doing this right? Well, let me ask do you I to turn to my parents and it's like, you're 18. You know, my son. Well, how 22. do you know when to quote unquote parents and let them sort of, oh, they're, they're going to have to figure this out on their own? How, what's, right. that, what's that fine line? It's tough because you got to let them fail. Failure is a part of life. Most, you know, I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't baseball. All right. Like in baseball, you fail seven times out of 10, you're an all star. Yeah. You succeed, you know, at the plate. You fail (laughs) seven out of 10 times. You go three for 10. You're hitting 300. You're making so much money. And it's like, for these kids now, you're right. If they do something and then immediately want the gratification of a Snapchat response, a like, uh, a a heart, you know, heart thing, uh, thumbs up, emojis, thumbs down, whatever it is on whatever, you're getting that instant thing. Whereas... Back in the day when you and I were younger, it was like, we sound like the, the get off my lawn guys, but yeah, hey, you know, if you did something and you needed to wait to find out if it was successful or not, or, you know, there's not, it's all gone now. You're right. Yeah. I mean, all right. So you failed. So what? So there's going to be some responses on a website or an app about it. Who cares? You're not going to get them all right. And uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I would, it's very difficult to be a kid. And then you throw in, throw in COVID and being sheltered for years and not for some, not being able to communicate with others and have that contact. So it's all on the phone or it's all on zoom. I, I felt, you know, my stepson, like I said, he, he was a COVID kid that, and it should have gone right to college and did and tried it. it. Wasn't for him. He's doing fine. He's working now and he, he's great, but like, uh, it stunted his growth. Not yeah. being able to interact with friends, not be able to, everything was having to get a reaction on your phone or it, it, it was not being around other people. So it sucks. Yeah. It's silly. I mean, I'm, I'm a grown adult. I, I'm working on a new record right now. And I think when you work on something personal and then you, th- and then it's like, I'm going to have a PR company that's going to certainly help me, but it's, but all PR companies want the artist to also post nonstop all of their their work and their process because that gets the word out there, but it does sort of actually add anxiety and create and and insecurity because when the artist is forced to sort of do their own PR, uh, own promotion and getting it out there, you naturally, at least I do, but I think most artists do, you end up looking at sort of the feedback and and likes and it it creates this this uh, avalanche of 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 nausea and, and psychological right. torture. So it's not even, I think, just kids. I think it's uh, grown adults too. It's, it's a strange uh, world to navigate. It is. I mean, if you put out one of your songs and you put it out, let's say, on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it now, it's, yeah. that's another story for another time. We should talk about that other time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to call a stupid thing, but like you put out a song and you're like, hey, quick uh, snippet of my new single, whatever. Yeah you know, Eddie Cohn, whatever it is. And the first six responses on Twitter are (laughs) 
uh, you know, if you do jam it or slam it, like the old slam it sucks. Right. Meantime, maybe two months, three months, four months later, your label or, or managers or whoever will say, this is by far your best song. And you're like, well, wait a minute. If I just judged on the 10 first 10 tweets I got on it, it must suck. No. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's 1%. You know, people always say Twitter is only 3% of the real audience. You know, it was like, it, that's not the, so if you just do, if you just go by the first 10 responses you get on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, Facebook, that's not, it's not real. Yeah. yeah you, you're getting a quick reaction, but let it breathe. Let it sit. Let's see how the song goes. What if you put out the whole song? You know, that's, you can't just judge it based off of all right, my 30 seconds of my L, my, my single and yeah. the first 10 tweets. That's not how life works. You know, if you fail the first test, your junior year of high school, that doesn't mean you're going to get an F in history. Yeah. You're going to have the rest of the semester to build it back up. Oh my gosh. Not, not in today's society. <laughs> well, I think, um, most important question of the day before I say goodbye, people want to know how do you have all of your hair and you probably, you, <laughs> and what's the skincare line or are you using Botox? Because you don't look like you have much, uh, many wrinkles on your forehead either. So what what is the secret? Tell me, Matt, oh, what please. is your skincare Eddie, secret? Ed, Eddie, this is, this is a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let me hear it. I don't, isn't it supposed to be genetic? So yeah, it was I my, think so supposed to be on my mom's side okay. grandfather so my grandpa paul who died when i was like one in 1973 <laughs> had hair i love how you thought it was a stupid question you were just getting embarrassed i was i was, I was being confident <laughs> i don't know dude i it's, uh, a, it's just luck I, I i have my hair so that's good i don't moisturize or do much <laughs> with my skin it's just i don't know I've, you know me you've known me a long time i've always had this sort of tannish yeah you know, when did you start shaving your head? When did you give up and go, all right, it's all going to be gone? Hmm. Probably about, probably around 40. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm trying to remember you with hair. I, I mean, I remember I, obviously in high school and all yeah, that. Yeah, it, it didn't really start thinning um, extensively. That's such, a, that's such a, I mean, that's a fine word, but not to describe one's hair losses. So it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> probably in my, yeah, probably in my thirties it started. Yeah. But it wasn't, wow. yeah. But then I just sort of, it's weird. Like I was talking to another friend of mine whose, whose um, husband is losing his hair and he's probably in his, you know, mid late thirties. And it is a little stressful because you don't know how you're going to, how you're going to look. Yeah. In, in your, and I don't want to spend five ten thousand dollars on plugs and all that stuff. I guess I could have, but um, yeah. because you're you're sort of like a completely new person in this weird sort of way, and well, a lot the, of the white guy with the bald head is a cool look now. It is. It, I think it's Scott Van Scott Van Pelt. On yeah, ESPN Bruce Willis. And, you know. I think started a long time ago too. Um, yeah, Bruce Willis. Right. But but I mean, you're a cool a, guy. But a lot of guys without hair look uh, ridiculous, old, like a grandfather. I'm not, here I am, you know, uh, all the grandpas out there are going to hate me. But, you know, it, <laughs> it can create a look that that is not, uh, uh, just doesn't exude confidence. But I, I was lucky, I guess, you know, I just, uh, I just, obviously I don't care at this point. But, um, you know, who else made it cool to be bald, fully bald was Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, back when we were kids, I mean, like he did have that, you could tell he was thinning. The hair was thinning. He had a little bit of that horseshoe pattern look going. And then 
he 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 kind of made it cool to shave your head. I remember the remember the Fab Five at Michigan. Sure. Uh, shaved all they they all shaved their heads at one point. Like Jalen Rose was kind of cool on the Fab Five in the high socks, the baggy shorts, and the bald head. You know, so, you, the problem with you is I could talk for another two hours. I, I got to let you go. But my last question, I just thought of this: Do you think LeBron James is a confident man? Because I a actually confident man. I don't know if he the. So here's my point. You know, he's going bald, or he's been going bald, and you know, he's had like hair transplants for years. For years. Yeah. So does a confident man behave that way, or is he just so like he is this interesting guy where he really grew up? in the world of image and image to me is so important to yeah. him. Like, like just, I, I don't, this is going to sound so people out there are going to think I'm nuts. I believe obviously his son had a cardiac arrest at USC, but I also in this strange, bizarre way think LeBron loves a good story. <laughs> so Jesus. no, I know. So it's sort of like he he oh, spins no, but wait, he spins everything to make well, his image look good. I mean, but to, you know what? I mean, I'm not I'm not doubting I'm that his son did LeBron. I'm not a giant LeBron fan. Yeah. I respect him. He's a top five player. Absolutely. And, but and do you think if you had to guess, do you think he's a as confident as he exudes himself? No. Okay. No, I don't. Okay. No, I, don't. I don't either. But I think part of it too is he his upbringing, no dad around um, to tell him, you know, man to man, hey, I'm so proud of you, or man, you got a great jump shot, or man, you're doing great in school. He didn't have that, yeah. so I think that's part of it. Not having dad around hmm. uh, hurt his, you know. But I watched his. I didn't watch the ESPYS. I haven't watched the ESPYS in years, but I saw his ESPYS speech. Yeah, about coming on back on social media. I thought it was a little bit. Self-serving. Of course it is. That's my I, point. Everything is self. Again, I can't. You know, I could never be in his shoes to be that successful. Have those that many eyeballs is in my. I would. I would right. be anxious but all I, the time. But but I'm yes, not, I do not think there's some conspiracy about. I don't think Ronnie's, there's a no Ronnie's, way. Don't thank God that kid is okay. Don't thank take you. my words the wrong right. way. I do not <laughs> doubt that he you did said, it. You said it. No, I didn't. I didn't. I said I believe that it happened. My point was okay. is that LeBron. Ron takes every opportunity to make everything it like create this image that is that is perfect or he's going to spin every event right, in, and right. make him look stronger and, and more important and he's self-serving and I know he has cameras following him around everywhere right now so yeah. those cameras probably went to Cedar Sinai so it's like when you have cameras on all the time he is very aware of that, and he always sure. wants to make his image look powerful and 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 positive. And and I'll, it's interesting how they're going to how they spun. I don't even say spun because it obviously happened. But everything in his life is an opportunity to make him look good, to build his brand. To build his yeah. brand. Yes. I don't know. I mean, I don't think so on this on that particular one. But okay. you're right. Every you know he. Uh, he definitely is very, uh, he's very smart with how he does his business. I guess, and yeah, you have to be very aware of the shape that he's in to still be a pretty darn good player. Yeah, absolutely. And all the, the pressure that's on him to try to chase down Jordan's six rings, which I don't think he's going to get there. No. Um, you know, and some people still dis, dis his bubble championship with the Lakers. But, well, uh, it, it probably has a little asterisk next to right, it. Right, but he still has done what he's done. Um, what did he win? Two with Miami? Mm-hmm. 
one in Cleveland and one in, in LA. That's yeah. pretty darn good. Based off of the so like Jordan didn't have to go through social media and all that crap. Now, Jordan also got clotheslined by the bad boys <laughs> yeah. and punched in the face by the Celtics. And basketball's changed now. You can barely lay a finger on a guy. Yeah. So times have changed a little bit. But uh it's an interesting point though, uh, Eddie for sure. And I'm I'm rooting for that kid because Me too. I, I love the kid. It's gotta be so difficult to follow in your dad's oh my God. playing at USC right down the street, which I guess that's fine. I would have loved to have seen him just go across the country, go to Ohio State or something and get away a little bit, but it ain't tough to get away from LA and those you know you live there, the great weather and palm trees and all that. So Yeah. Well, Matt. Are you looking at your phone? You checking the time? I uh, I, I got a work text that okay. beeped, but I'm trying to stay focused. Yeah, no see, I, I just caught you. I just caught you. It's all good. <laughs> sorry, sorry that sorry this got boring. No, no, not at all. It beeped. I got an alert on my computer, it's okay. but I didn't go to my computer because I want to keep seeing you. So no, I, we you went over. Um, we're we're at eleven forty eight, so we have to go and. Uh, Matt, it's, it's. Do you like, by the way, do you like Pacific time? If you had to pick a time zone. Oh, dude, like this the, is the only time to live in because the fucking sports games are over by like eight or nine o'clock. I don't know how people on the East Coast do it. To stay up till midnight or one to watch yeah, it. That's right. no wonder the people in Boston are probably like getting into car wrecks the next day because they were up till one o'clock in the morning watching their favorite team. So, okay, so like. Next Thursday, here in Detroit, people are going crazy. The Lions have a good team. So the uh-huh. Lions are going to play the Chiefs. Thursday night, primetime, 8-20. <laughs> if you're a 9-5-er Forget it. and you're this diehard NFL fan, can you leave your work, get in that terrible traffic to get home in L.A. in time for the game? Like 5-20 for a football game, primetime, when it's still light outside, I don't know. That's why I kind of like Central Dude. Time. Mountain Time's not bad. Dude. Pacific, it's early. Dude. Isn't it? People always figure out a way to leave right. to leave work early to get to the sports bar down the street if they have to watch it live. You know, it's, right. yeah, right. it's you're thinking about the early Eastern time's the worst. I'm with you about Eastern time. Yeah, it's the worst. I well, I mean, maybe Mountain Time. You know, a six o'clock start time. You don't have to. Work. But, I like, but I, a, I like Central. I'm but, a fan of Central. But, but you know, football at 10 a.m. is is great. You're having brunch, watching a little football. <laughs> You know, I think I think it's great. I think, uh, right. yeah, this the early start time out here is, and also just those those baseball games. Um, you know, going till you know one o'clock in the morning. You're on not, the East Coast. you know what? Now with this pitch clock, no, I know we didn't even talk about that reason. We didn't talk about what the heck happened to the Indians. I, you would know better than I. Guardians, Gu- right. Guardians. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Still, it's still it's still tough to swallow sometimes. When yeah, you- yeah. I didn't yeah. mean to be offensive. I've just said Indians for you know, 49 know. years. So, <laughs> um, Matt, it's it's always, are you doing anything for Labor Day or you're just going to stick around? Uh, no, I got a bunch of stuff. I actually uh, got, I do Sunday. I do have to go home for this wedding. So okay. uh, it's like a day trip. Yeah. I'm not spending the whole weekend in Cleveland. I just got too much going on. But uh, yeah. No, man, what about you? Anything good out there? Um, we're going to Top Golf uh, with a friend on Monday. Oh, Top Golf! Love there Top go. Golf. And then, yeah, uh, we're gonna we do our workout on Saturday, Sunday. I, I'm gonna meet a friend for a breakfast Sunday. It's, it's you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous. I guess you know, really, really mellow weekend. It's good. 
How often do you get in and out Burger? Because I think their burgers are fantastic. They're the best, they're really but good. but I barely eat meat anymore. No? Well, I have fish no. like three times a week. I'll have a burger once a month. Okay. Yeah. Right. Actually, when we were in Montana, I, I had a burger because the the meat there is supposedly fantastic. And it, it was. It was one of the best was, hamburgers. It was good? Have you been to Montana? No, I have not. Got to go to Montana. Where'd you go? Like Billings or one of those? No, Bozeman. Bozeman. And, oh, Bozeman. Right, yeah, Bozeman's yeah. like the place to go. And and uh, Yellowstone, which was like an hour outside of uh, Bozeman. I, I've never been. It, it was amazing. It was incredible. It was funny. And you know this. We get, we take my daughter to Portland. We go do the whole Oregon thing. We go up to Vancouver, Washington. It was awesome. Yeah. We land back in Indiana where my daughter is and, uh, we're driving from the airport to drop her back off at her mom's house. And uh, I'm looking up into the sky or just above, you know, and I'm like, where are the mountains? They're gone. <laughs> like to be out in Oregon for five days yeah. and then to come home and go, Phew. like the mountains are just the best. It's like, incredible. Even when, you know, last time I was in LA, whenever that was and seeing the mountains and the skyline or, and the smog. Yeah. Um, it's gotten better but, though. The smog. <laughs> It has. No, it's, uh, I remember being out here, you know, 30 years ago. It's, it's completely different skyline. Gosh, you've been there 30 years? Yeah. Yeah, you have. It's nuts. Longer than that. Um, yeah, yeah, probably 32. You were there at 19, yeah, weren't you? Yeah, 32. So 30. Did you, what, and how many days into Pepperdine did you know I'm never, ever, ever going back to the 216? <sighs> That's a good question. I, I, I think I just was relieved to be out of there, out of Ohio. I mean, it could have been probably Arizona or Florida, I think, yeah. but there is something about just the energy in the sky and the water. Uh, yeah. it, it was probably within a year. I was, like it, it never dawned on me that I would move home after that. It just, it just felt like I was going to stay. Yeah. Yeah. And you have. Yeah. I mean, we, we sometimes think about, like, um, you know, moving to Arizona or Colorado just to have more space. It's it's really tough to have something really nice out here that's affordable. It's it's almost impossible. Yeah. Know? But that's, uh, that's that's a whole other that's a whole other podcast. We'll do that on the next that, episode. You're a financial guy, too. We'll we'll talk finance next time. I can. No, buy we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Boring. Yeah. It, <laughs> Not boring. It's boring, it's, but it's important. It's, important. it's valuable. It's important. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. If anybody's listening to this, uh, look me up uh, at financialarcharch.com. I'll tell. I'll tell you. Tell you, you can simplify the complexity of your money decisions. There we go. Live a life of freedom. I'll, yeah. I'll help you with that. Matt, it's always. Uh, it's good to see you, dude. All right, buddy. Back at you. Ed. Thanks, man. Always, always a pleasure. Can't wait to uh, hear some of your new music. And, yeah. Uh, Keep putting those videos out of yourself in the tank top, walking down the streets, uh, <laughs> passing out your passing out your music. That was, I was cracking. Up. Oh, good. I see everything. I see everything. I have no idea if if anything I do is is funny or entertaining, but uh, I, I I I enjoy it. So I guess that's all. I, that oh matters. yeah, I could tell how happy you were. It was it was funny. <laughs> like, hey, I'm just walking down the street, gonna pass out some music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Um, Love it. All right, Ed. All right, dude. I'll see you soon. Thanks, buddy. Peace, man. Later. Later. Bye.